Hey, Taft Avenue family, this is Pastor Craig, and we are here at what we've never done before, which is a year-end podcast to just kind of give a little recap on the year, um, the ministry year. And with me is Marsha Light. How are you, Marsha? Good. Good morning. That's awesome. And Andrew Tierney, how are you, Andrew? Doing very well. Thank you for asking. And these two are just super beaten down by the holidays. I'm just kidding. I don't know. They <laughs> they finished a, a semester of their degrees, and so... That always means at the end of the semester and at the end, the holiday season, there's always like fighting colds. Did you guys stay healthy during this time? No, still stif- sniffling. <laughs> Have been the whole season. Yeah, same here. Uh, I just got sick last week, actually. So working on that right now. Yeah. So any, so a little bit of grace here, but everybody's got a nice deep, deep voice with their sickness. But what we're going to do is we're just going to walk through the ministry year. And talk about some of the highlights from our um, perspective. And then also just talk through maybe for our own selves um, some great books that we might have read or podcasts that we're listening to or highlights of the year or just what God has been doing in our lives during this last year. As we look back over this year, there's a lot that's happened this year. Has there not? Yeah, there's been a lot that's been going on here (laughs) in the short time that I've been here. It's been a lot. For sure. For sure. And that's one of the highlights of this year. And we'll talk about that. But um, it it's just struck me that we have we have we've done a lot in this last year, and God has done a lot, and so um, yeah, let's take us back to at the beginning of last year. What I was looking at was how crazy it was that we were still like pretty much in the throes of COVID, like we were Omicron was a big thing, and we were still kind of battling a lot of that stuff with ministry and um, and gathering people and. Um, do you guys think back on the on the Omicron? I mean, isn't it weird that just a year ago we were still like fully masked up and everything? It was totally weird. And with children's ministry, you have every family has a different opinion about what's going on. And so you have to kind of navigate through um, what's best and then stick with it and just hope that the families come along with you. Yeah. And I hope that we're at a better spot with COVID at mm-hmm. this point. And um, I know that there there is a little bit of a spike rise, but I think that we're we're coming back to where, um, I don't know if we're ever going to not wear masks in the doctor's office anymore. That seems like a place where they're going to have them out there, um, especially when it, it gets crazy. But anyhow, that was it. I think for me, um, a couple highlights for January. Um, I, um, I took a bunch of pastors to Turkey, which was kind of a last minute thing. And that was a really fun thing. Um, but also we were still in Ezekiel. Can you can you believe that? We were still preaching through Ezekiel, which was a really cool series. I remember especially the the January series in Ezekiel for me was awesome because it was the redemptive half of Ezekiel. It wasn't kind of the doom and gloom. So um so that was that. And then as we moved into February, we we brought Andrew on board. We brought you on board, Andrew. That was uh that was awesome. Yeah, that was that was great. Um, just getting to join in here at Taft was super fun. I ended up hearing about the church through my grandparents, which was funny. And that's so, always our plan: is you go for the grandparents, and then maybe yep. you get the family and the grandkids. I don't think that ever works, but it worked in your case. <laughs> yeah, it worked here. But uh, yeah, it was super fun getting hired on. It was a it was a pretty quick process. Just kind of showed up one day, and uh, you and I got coffee, and then uh, was hired a couple weeks later. So that was great. Yeah, it was awesome, and it was awesome because I felt like the Lord had really put ministry on your heart and you came here and we had ministry opportunity and it was just, it seemed like it just, it, it worked. And, um, yeah, we're really grateful. I'm super stoked you're here. And we really, we started back up our youth ministry in February. 
And so what was when what what was that like? What what did we do there? Yeah, no, starting up in February was it was really just a fun experiment to ch- kind of see what would happen with a youth group where I had no prior experience leading in youth group. I had been a, a high school leader at that point at a, at another church for only a few months. I attended youth group all throughout middle school and high school and everything, but this was my first time really getting to step in and lead. I had never really prepared a lesson before. I just kind of threw it all together in what I thought would be the best fashion and um, just kind of, it ended up working out. We've slowly smoothed out some of the wrinkles that we've had in the past, but uh, it's been a fun process just getting to, to start up a youth group from scratch. And that's pretty cool. I think just the basic ideas of the faithfulness of, look, let's just show up. And there's always a question of chicken or the egg. What do you, do you need kids in order to have a youth group or do you just need to start the youth group in order to have kids? And it's a little bit of both. And there's just this faithfulness of you show up every week and you see who God brings and you have a chance to minister to those that are there. So very cool. Um, Marcia, February, I, January, February for children's ministries last year. The beginning of 2022 was still pretty COVID uh, filled. And so we were um, doing Awana and Sunday school, but kind of in a hybrid fashion with um, masks for those who wanted them and doing as much as we could outside. And so it was still a little weird oh gosh, at the beginning that, of 2022. That is that is so weird. And I really have appreciated the way you've navigated it. Because like you said, we do have a lot of families with a lot of different needs when right. it comes to not just sensibilities, not just opinions, but different needs in terms actual of how medical works. needs Absolutely. in their family that need to be addressed. And so the whole thing for us um, and what I encouraged with my teachers and my volunteers was um, no shaming. Whatever yeah. people needed to do, that's what they needed to do. And we just needed to support everybody wherever they were. That's good. I've really I thought that's been a good we've tried to walk the line here. And I know there's other churches that are, you know, they go crazy on one side or the other and. We're just trying to walk the line and um, and love our people. I mean, really just shepherd our people in that way. You know, another thing that happened in February is we said goodbye to Kathy Keller, our 30-year-plus director at Children's House, and um, just a great legacy there. We also said hello to Deanne Walkwitz, who is our preschool director, and Deanne's not here on the podcast, but she's been doing a fantastic job and has been a great part of our staff and has... Really, start. we started a conversation with her that we're going to see some of the fruit of when we get to June, when we start talking about um, chapels and stuff like that. But as we move forward into March, um, we started our partnership with Jerry Little in the Ukraine in March, which was a really cool thing that we actually had feet on the ground with that global crisis going on. Uh, we also did, for the first time, first aid training. Did you guys remember first aid training? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was a, a fan, It was a great time. We didn't actually like breathe into dummies or anything like that, but, um, but it was a good—I uh, thought it was really helpful. It actually, I think, has been very helpful to us. We started to pay attention and check the batteries and all the AED machines, and you know, now it, we're, we're ready to rock. So very good. As we moved into April, um, Easter was in April, April 17th, and we had a um, children's ministry We event. had a family Easter party, and again, um, it was mostly outside, um, but we had an Easter egg hunt and all kinds of family crazy fun and a nice uh, Easter story for the families. Um, it was a great success and a really good time. Very nice, yeah, and, and our um, Easter number was, for in, in church, was it was really cool because we went over 200 for the first time in about five years um, for our Easter number. And Easter number, just just so you guys know, like in terms of like why we count, one of the things about the Easter number is really about 
what is our reach, the reach of our church? Like basically we, we have this idea that anybody who calls our church home is probably here on Easter. And so it gives us a really, a kind of a realistic sense of what our reach and our touch is. And so we're not just counting because we want to pat ourselves on the back for numbers or bodies, or we don't, it, it really does. We have to take a good hard look at who are we reaching? Who are the people that we have a touch with? And Easter gives us a sense of that number. So that was an encouraging, an encouraging number. So good times there. As we moved into May, May is a weird month for some reason. There's just, um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, uh, but um, we moved into Ephesians, uh, the book of Ephesians, as we were, I think we did that back in March but uh, and April, but Ephesians was a really cool book, and we'll talk at the end. I think for me, kind of a theme for the year came out of Ephesians, um, but a really solid um, teaching time uh, for us. Uh, in June, we did one of our first things with Children's House, Marsha. Yep, we started back up the um, chapels. And so we used to do this on a fairly regular basis, but it's been quite a while. And so now with Deanne coming, we have a lot of opportunities for some new starts. And one of them was to get back into the chapel. So once a month, um, alternating between Pastor Craig and I, we're doing children's house chapels. And so um, it's been great because it's such a connection, not only um with the kids, but with the preschool itself and getting the church and the preschool on the same page. And um, it's been great. And I've gotten to know more of the teachers than I have in the past. And uh, the kids all say hi to me when I come on Mm -hmm. campus. And so that's a lot of fun. Also in June, we had um, the camp out on campus, the return of the annual camp out on campus. (laughs) But it was kind of small, but it was fun to get back into it. So um, it was probably late because May is normally when we do it. So this coming year, we're going to try a big push and and have it back on May and in May and nice. see what happens. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I think that the um, the the June the chapels in terms of the chapels, I'll, uh, Mary Beth Ramblow helped with guitar and things like that. I think it's fun for me because I get to break out my guitar and be kind of silly and um, and then you know just do a little teaching and. Well, and it might be fun to get some other members of the congregation involved, too, totally. uh, and have more of a rotation. I'd like to see us go to twice a month instead of once a month. Yeah. And so there's there's some room for growth there. I think a little better every year. I think just, again, yeah. b- back to the idea of, like, just show up, just do it. Let's see what we can do better. And, yeah, we I think we have some places where we can grow and do things better. But it was a lot of fun to get back in. Back Absolutely. In Very good. July, I felt like I shut down in July. I went on vacation. Um yeah, it was nice. <laughs> Anybody else? I mean, you guys, I, I forget where. I did not shut down in you July. You did not Same here. We July. had two big family events in July, a wheels night and a reptiles night. Right. And the reptiles was huge. That I mean, was they were fun. all very successful. Um, and they involved um, not only our own families, but the Awana families and children's house families. Yeah. And so it's a great way to bring all those families together and just have fun. Except for that one uh, that one toddler that got eaten by that Burmese python. <laughs> I don't know if that... Um... Well, that was um, that was planned. <laughs> that, that was, was a, a planned part of the event. That no. was, yeah, that, everything was remote controlled. <laughs> uh, no, we're joking. No one got eaten by uh, Burmese python. And no animals were hurt. No animals were injured night. in the filming of that either. No, that was a lot of fun. That I felt like this summer we found a really nice rhythm in lieu of like that week-long VBS. We kind of found a nice um, a nice cadence of events, like evening events. 
Right. There are so many churches in this area that do a fabulous job at VBS. And you can find a VBS in Orange alone, but in Orange County, every single week of the summer. So um, we don't really add much to that. So I think it's great for us to find a new way to mm -hmm. connect with families that maybe doesn't involve um such intense volunteer activity, but yeah. yet a really good time and just getting people together. Totally. So those, that was, I felt like that was a huge win mm -hmm. that really, I felt like really created some momentum as we even moved into the fall. So absolutely. Cause yeah. I, again, our, our Awana, when it started in the fall, we had a bunch of new families. And again, a lot of them come from children's house to start with into our preschool program, the cubbies program, the bottom end of the yeah. Awana. And so um, that happened again this year. And I so think nice. part of that was from the summer program. I love it. I love that. And then as we move into August, that was, that was a big month for our youth ministry. Yeah, Definitely. August was, uh, it was a big transition for our youth group. It was uh, the first time that we had ever gone up to Hume. There's a lot of firsts that happened in August, but uh, we took 30 kids up to Hume Lake this summer with five leaders, and um, we just had a lot of fun with these kids, but it was a, it was a big process for me figuring out how to like rent a bus and all that kind of stuff. Figuring out all the logistics stuff was new for me for sure, but, and it was a, it was a big process, but ended up being well worth it as we had one kid come to know the Lord at Hume and get baptized. And um, it just really boomed and solidified our youth group. It helped build our youth group culture because this whole year has been about just faithfully showing up, building relationships with with these kids and just building our youth group culture. And uh, Hume was a, a big part of that, of where we took a lot of kids that I had never met before until the morning of, of when we left. And I ended up leaving with them. And uh, I felt like I'd known them for a long time because Hume's a, it's a very bonding experience with these kids. And We've just kind of seen a, a transition in our youth group since before Hume and after Hume of where we've had a lot of kids come to just love our youth group and be a part of it and faithfully showing up every single week. And so we've added two more leaders through that as well. And um, so it's been it's been a really fun process. And Hume was just a great experience for our youth group. Yeah, that was it was really cool to see, like you had said, you go up separate these different groups, but you come back as one. Mm -hmm youth group yeah. and um there were, we also had a lot of great parent support people that went up and like rented cabins up in the mm -hmm. subdivision um while their kids were down in camp and um yeah just a really good week a solid week of just reflection spiritual growth um first time decisions mm -hmm. baptism and then when we came back we also had some baptisms mm -hmm. and um we are able to hear um some of the uh the testimonies of those from hume and um as we came back in October, we had we had some of those as well. So, yeah, it was it, yeah, it is one of those things. Renting a bus, looking at the price tag for the bus. <laughs> yeah, all that. <laughs> but that's I mean, those are the things that I think we as a church then we figure out like, okay, how do we sub? This is a great trip. How do we subsidize this? How do we raise money for this? And I think we have some ideas as we move into this next year, as well. So always, it's just always this thing. I remember we were just talking like. We just have to do it. We have to figure out. We know we're going to go over budget, and now we're going to come back, and we're going to figure out how to get back on and uh, and do it. But we have to do it before we we figure it out. It's just yeah. one of those things. So so that was a great, 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 great month mm -hmm. for that. And then in September, we really had a trip of a lifetime. Right, Marsha? It was awesome. <laughs> it was very awesome. Where did we go? Um, I don't know. Where did we go? Oh, Israel. It was fabulous. Yeah, we had a great trip to Israel. We took um, about, 50, well, let's see, we took about 20 people total um, to Israel. We partnered with um, a Village Bible Church in Garden Grove, 
and we kind of split it. We had a few people from Taft, a few people from that, from Village, and we had a great guide, Ronan, in uh, in Israel. Yes. And just, um, I don't know, Marsha, like, what do you feel like that trip did for you, whether personally or Bible study or your teaching, like? Well, teaching-wise, I mean, it's phenomenal. But uh, but personally, even, I, I don't think I can read my Bible anymore without having a map right next to my Bible because um, when it mentions a place, it's meaningful to me now. And um, I can connect some dots between some places and and they're far closer together than I ever imagined because Israel really isn't that big. So that really opens up wide um, your reading of scripture when you understand a little bit better about the geography, um, where they were and what it looked like to them. And, you know, I, I've had a really good time with that. And of course, we went at the same time I was taking World of the Old Testament Perfect. at Talbot. And so um, that was awesome. And then I got to write a, a paper on one of the locations we went to. Yeah, so. how did that go? We I know we talked about it a little bit um, before the trip, but how did, how did that all end up? I ended up picking um, Beth Sheehan instead okay. of... Um, Tell Dan like I thought I was going to, but yeah, um, but where it came they hung out good. The, where they hung the headless corpse of yeah. Saul. Oh my gosh, yeah. And then the those the folks from came over and cut him down and 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 Beth Sheehan was one of the longest occupied sites anywhere in Israel. Yeah. I mean, from clear back in the Stone Age all the way up um, through the Middle Ages. So yeah. it was fascinating. Yeah, and that's where the Gideon Spring rolls into and through on the way to the Jordan mm-hmm. River is Beth Sheehan. And two major trade routes right through yeah. it, which is why it was occupied for so long. It totally. Was a perfect location. And that's a great spot because not only do you have that ancient city with the walls there, but you have that unearthing of Scythopolis, that the city of Scythopolis, that Greco-Roman. Which was totally awesome to be in, yes. but I didn't get to include that in my paper because <laughs> it was Old Testament and that would only be... New Testament, so I had to like avoid it. Completely. This is where us New Testament people were like, "Well, come on, let's just push. Let's it a just bit write about it." No. Yeah, intertestamental period. Yeah, the Second Temple Judaism. Uh, no, that's awesome. And that trip was a great time. Great time to get. Um, there were so many great folks on that trip, and it was just a really fun time to be with people. So um, yes, we, we have another trip planned, which is right now the spring of 2025 is when we are going to be going again, and so. Um, giving you giving people a lot of lot of runway on that because it is a trip that you want to save up for and but it is really a trip of a lifetime it's so good and um and just good food good people great sights awesome so what do you think andrew israel i would love to i would love to go (laughs) next time yeah i was thinking about it this time but uh it's pretty pretty busy when you're a full-time student and and uh, doing youth group, but I would love to go next time. It That's sounds right. like an amazing trip. Yeah, very good. So we also, in September, um, we also said goodbye to Connor Pfaff. Connor Pfaff um, is now a full-time uh, worship leader at uh, Fullerton Free, our smaller sister church <laughs> over in Fullerton. But it was awesome. It's been awesome to kind of connect with him and just hear what he's doing over there. And he is really... Like they have some needs over there and Connor is really doing a great job. And I was really, I'm really proud of what we were able to, um, the space we were able to give Connor to, uh, to grow and to practice his craft. And, um, yeah, he's been a real blessing and to, to stay connected. It also meant that our worship team, our volunteer worship team really had to step up in the meantime, as we were looking for a new director intern. Um, and they have done a bang up job, uh, keeping us going through this season. We've had some guests in here. 
I think we're pretty close to finding a person that we're going to pull the trigger on and hire. And so be looking for that in 2023. But um, yeah, good time. I really am happy and proud of what we've accomplished on Sunday mornings with worship. So that's been a, that has always been a priority for me and I feel like it will continue to be as we move forward. So that was October or September. Um, well, September also saw the start, uh, the restart of our annual Awana. And for the first time in two, three years, no real limitations. We're pretty much back to business as usual. Nice. But of course, still no shaming. If anybody wants to wear a mask or That's anything, right. we're That's fine right. with that. But um, as far as operationally, we're pretty much back to business as usual. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And then in November, um, and I think I do here. Um, if that's Murph, Murph, come in here. It's Alana. Oh, it's Alana. Alana's all right. On, in November, we brought on Murph. Murph is our, uh, is our facilities, um, assistant. And he has been here, um, basically between, uh, 10 AM and 2 PM every day, uh, during the week. And he has really been tackling some of our, um, our facilities issues and he has been fantastic. He has been a fantastic help. Um, and if he was coming in, I was going to have him say hello, but yeah. we'll, we'll introduce him at the congregational meeting, but Murph has been a great, um, a great part of that. I don't, I think I, I skipped over you October. You skipped over. That's what I was going to It's say. a new calendar. It's like, it's, you know, we're, we're, uh, we on, cause in October we did, we did the serve day. Um, oh, yeah. and where we had a number of teams go out, and part of this all citywide serve day. How, what did you guys do for serve day? Uh, we went to, I think it was Eisenhower Park, That's and right. uh, we picked up trash there. It was a good time, you know. It was, uh, it was the more family friendly environment from right. uh, what I heard about the other, but it was, uh, it was a very fun time, and it was good to be with just the congregation of the church being able to serve together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were you, or were you? I was at Santiago Creek at Hart Park. That's right. And um, we were also doing cleanup, but it was not very family friendly. We were um, in the creek bed, hopping from rock to rock and picking up a bunch of junk. And um, we ended up disassembling a homeless camp with um, with a police escort because they were kind of afraid somebody might return and take exception to what we were doing. Nice. And so we actually had to end early because we picked up so much stuff that we... Yeah. Um, filled the capacity for trash. Yeah, and we so. we had a team at the Orange Mall, which is now I don't know what that's called now. The Village. The Village, and just in the parking lot and picking up trash in the parking lot. And same thing, we, you know, at a certain point you get a little over your skis on what you're picking up. You're and the goal, the what you tell everybody is, if you don't think you should be picking this up, then don't pick it up. Uh, there, if you're not qualified to pick that up, but we did. You know, we just we picked up a lot of paper, a lot of trash, and um, it feels good to get out and just to do something for the city that the city is not already doing for itself. And um, that was great. So thank you guys for leading those teams and uh, and being part of that. Um, we talked about November and Murph. We also started um, the Gospel of John in November. Over the summer, we did Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And then in the in October, November, we started in the Gospel of John, which we will be continuing on into the new year. But that's been a fantastic, um, uh, a fantastic book. What's it been like in women's Bible study? Because you guys in women's Bible study stay on what we're kind of doing in um, on Sunday mornings. Yeah, we um, but we go a little bit deeper because we take the entire passage and we we actually go through verse by verse. Yeah, because I'm pretty shallow. I'm pretty shallow. No. On <laughs> sermonizing is very different than than verse by verse true. bible that study and so um but we 
refer to your sermon quite a bit, and we talk about here's here's some themes that um, Pastor brought up. What do we see here? And and it's been fascinating. That's cool. We'd love it. I love it. What a great group. Uh, Monday mornings, Monday nights. Right. Two different groups, but. I love that you guys are digging in and just getting deeper and deeper into that stuff. Yeah, there's not you can't do everything on a Sunday on a Sunday morning, but that's what verse by verse Bible study is. Right. For. And an opportunity to ask questions too. So I like the fact that we're following with the sermons because you'll bring up certain things that will um um uh prick people's interests. Mm. And so they'll come with more questions and we get to go a little bit deeper in even some of the things that you covered. Yeah. So yeah. it's been a lot of fun. That's good. That's good. And I was able to record a couple in the weeds or at least one on the temple incident. Um, I know I'm going to do another in the weeds on the, um, the story of the woman caught in adultery because it's a textual variant in the gospel of John. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I will preach on it. Um, but spoiler alert, it's probably not original to the gospel of John. Um, and we'll do another in the weeds on that. And, um, all four people who are listening to this podcast, I'm just kidding, <laughs> as well as the, <laughs> as those, um, that's, yeah, those are fun. So that was good. You skipped over a couple things. What did though. I skip over? Well, in September, the children's, um, ministry, we switched over from following the sermons that's right. to a curriculum. So we're doing a curriculum called wonder Inc. Awesome. And the idea is for the kids to, for us to instill wonder in them, for them to really think deeply about these stories, not just throw a bunch of Bible stories at them. Um, but th- the wonder is to wonder about, and the ink is the Bible, the things mm. written in Scripture. And so we're um, going through the Bible in a in a two or three year course. I can't remember how long this is going to go, but starting from Genesis and going all the way to Revelation. So. Um, we're really having a good time with the curriculum. It's a little time consuming, but not as time consuming as it was for me to write my own. Yeah, so yeah, totally. um, it's been a lot of fun and I'm getting more and more, um, teachers involved. So anybody out there who's interested in being a Sunday school teacher, come talk to me. Yeah. Um, and then you skipped over fall fest. Oh, did I skip over fall fest? You Let me, did. Let's, well, let's come back to fall fest. But one thing I love about the curriculum is, um, as much as it's nice to, to everybody's doing the same thing. Like there is a point where as our ministries scale up, we do need to, we need to use things that are going to be able to let us interact with our volunteers and with families um, that still free up your time in order to do those sorts of things. And And that's kind of exciting because that is the place that we got. We got to the place where it just no longer made logical sense for me to do that and hold so much of the teaching so close to the vest. We need to get out there and get more and more, um, uh, people volunteering in children's ministry and uh, be able to um, replicate it out there to where more people can be involved and I don't have to be touching every little piece of everything. Yeah, and I think this is one of the things that we learned over the course of this year is that as we move into the next years, like we are grow- we're, we're a growing church and so we are looking at how we scale up. And there's been years where you kind of con- you contract and scale down and you have to rescale back up. And the way we would rescale back up is probably not the same way we would scale up 20 or 30 years ago. It's yeah. there's new things. And so as we think about this, we we think smarter and we try to figure out um, how do, how do we get to spend more time with our people and, and put systems in place that allow us to do that. So I feel like that's been something that was a big that was a big move that we did in September. Right. Mm-hmm. Very good. And then back to, I did skip over Fall Fest. Fall I can't Fest. believe I did. You can't skip over Fall it's Fest. It's all hands on deck. That is all hands on deck, and it's our biggest outreach that we do here. I mean, other than the serving orange, but 
the biggest outreach we do here on campus to our community. And we involve everybody. I mean, people from the neighborhood come, people from our homeschooling group come, from uh, Awana, Children's House, um, our own families. It's just, it's hundreds of people on campus wow. and a really um, good opportunity for us to love on them. And and I was super excited this year with a youth group. It changes the texture of everything. Um, in the past, the youth group has always been a huge part of the volunteering and what happens that night. And um, we did that again this year, and it was just exciting to see. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was a blast. I got to help do uh, some of the emceeing up at the at the front with some games, but it was it was great to have our youth group involved, helping with um, a lot of the booths along the side, and um, we got them here, and then we were able to have a Halloween like party afterwards. So that was a lot of fun. We had a we had a good amount of kids that showed up for from our youth group, so that was it was fun to have them here, being involved at something that was other than youth group, and kind of being a part of the church body for, for a night. And, yeah. uh, yeah. And they actually, um, uh, served at more than just the three big booths I had anticipated. They took over two or three other games. So awesome. it was, yeah, and plus all the games in the middle and the emceeing and all that. It was just, it was a fabulous night. Yeah. And just a great, I mean, even the volunteer based multi-generational, all kinds of people, it really was, it, it's a great night for our church, for our community. I love it because, you know, one of the goals here is that we don't want to be invisible here. And I think people drive by every day and maybe sometimes we we're, we can become familiar and we don't want to be invisible. And so events like that let people know that we are on the map. And um, I've actually talked with a number of people who live locally and they were like, yeah, I, I drive by all the time and I decided to come in and check it out. And um, and it is it's it's exciting to see when when that happens or like when we hosted the election in November. And there were so many people who were like, yeah, I live right down the street. I always wanted to see what was here. And so they, when they voted, it just is one of those things where as we continue to open up our campus, I think people in the neighborhood know we're here. They know there's life here. And that's another big goal is dig a well, let people know that there is life here. And as people are looking for life, they will come to the spot where they believe there is life. So that's a good, that's a great thing. And another post-COVID return of, it was the return of the chili cook-off, which was really, really popular. We Very really controversial. Yes. That was a very controversial decision, everybody. And it was well accepted and well loved. And it was a good time was had by all. So that's right. Great I think chili it's back. Too. That's right. We're back with the chili cook-off. I love it. Despite the controversies that ensue, but all in good fun, I suppose. All in good fun. We don't talk about the controversies. <laughs> and then this December, as we move into um, as we move into December, we had a great Advent season. Christmas tree lighting downtown. Um, Steve Bjorkman was here the Sunday before Christmas, which is always a treat. And I always just love Steve's tone and his skill. And we had a chance to keep those up. And uh, Christmas Eve. We had Christmas morning was on a Sunday and we, we actually, we had a, a really good turnout. Yeah. Um, and that was a, that was a fantastic um, thing. So I don't know. Thoughts on December guys. Well, we also had a, um, a Christmas drop-off party That's for the kids right. Yes, and it was a lot of fun and a very good turnout. And the interesting thing is um, that a lot of the turnout was from our Awana families who typically don't come for the Easter and Christmas party. So that was super fun to see. And so it was a really good crowd, plenty of volunteers, good time was had by all and, a, um, and the Christmas story was told well. And so... Um, it was a great time. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So good. 
Yeah, it was uh, December was a great, great month for our youth group. I got to go speak at the Christian club at El Medina for the first time. So that was that was really fun uh, getting to go back to my old high school and uh, speak at their Christian club was very cool. And uh, we also had a a youth Christmas party last week, which was fun. We did a just a white elephant party, everyone bringing ten dollars or less worth for for gifts and everything. And um, we had a good turnout. It was really fun. I ended up getting like a, a masquerade mask and like a, a plastic hat. So, you know, it was uh, Who doesn't great. need that? Yeah, exactly. And uh, but yeah, it was great. And we also for youth group are we shifted our teaching for for the month of December and uh, definitely followed more on the birth of Jesus during that month. We we've been going through just the gospel of Mark for the past um, from the fall until now. And so we took a little break for that to to really focus on why the birth of Jesus is important. So. Very nice. Very nice. Which brings us to the end of this year. And there's a couple things I think at the end of every year, I, we're going to ask some, I'm going to ask you guys um, like books, podcasts, maybe best practices. But as you're thinking about that, a couple just numbers wise. So as we ended the year last year at the end of um, 2021, our average weekly attendance was, um, um, was about 130. So about 103 in person and we averaged about, um, it was about 13 live streams a week, um, which gave us about 130 um, people. And then um, as we finish this year, our average is, um, and we count live streams as on average two people, anywhere from 1.5 to two people. But our average this year of in-person and um, online is about 153 so we're up by about 23 people. Um, but one of the things, so that's really cool. I mean, that, that we're, we're, we continue to grow and that's a great percentage of growth. I think one of the cool things is that we averaged, you know, if you had asked me when I came here in 2018, like, um, do you want to, would you want to do an online, like live stream the service? I'd be like, eh, I don't know, whatever. Um, but we averaged now, we averaged 23 streams every Sunday. That's streams. That's just streams. And if you think 1.5 to two people, um, you know, that's, that's 40, 48 people that are, that are worshiping with us online. That, I mean, that is essentially, that's somewhere, that's about a third of our people are worshiping online and participating online, which is amazing. I would have never thought that, but it has been, and I've had people come that I've said, Hey, um, how did you find us? And they were like, well, we've, we looked online, we found your live stream. We've been worshiping for a couple months with you and we decided it was time to come. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like in some ways it's like the live stream is the new visit is the new first visit. And so we really do think that that is an important part. I, again, to me, I would have not put it there. I always felt like the in-person thing, but I do think when we think about our front door, where is our front door? Obviously, I think our website, our live stream the, that kind of front door is being pushed out into the virtual realm. Um, and then we're always, we have, and then we have a great front door here with, um, with our, our volunteers. Um, and so I think it's just something for to reflect on. I'm just really grateful that we have adapted and we've had great skilled people that have led that ministry and been able to be on cams and the switcher and have been part of that. So, um, yeah, that's been cool. So, all right. Books, book recommendations. Everybody has brought their books. Um, Marsha, why don't we start with you? Book recommendations for the year. 
Well, one of the ones that's come out in the last year or so is called The Biggest Story, which is by Kevin DeYoung. And it's um, he it's called How the Snake Crusher Brings Us Back to the Garden. So it's a telling of the gospel for children with really cool illustrations that takes you all the way from the garden to the end. And um, it's just a really great way to tell the gospel to kids. And then they've expanded on this and they have a ABC's book based on the greatest, uh, the biggest story. And um, it's a board book. And then they also have a really thick um, storybook. So it's the biggest story storybook. And it goes through several of the main stories of the Bible from beginning to end and with questions for family discussion and that kind of stuff at the end of each question, cool. each story. So nice. it's, it's that's a, good a great resource, resource. For families, do you great feel? resource i think Very because good. it's a really good way to tell the story and again it starts all the way from a board book for toddlers all the way up to yeah. um higher elementary that's awesome yeah what else do you have for families um the other thing i have for families is family discipleship um there's a book out called family discipleship leading your home through time moments and milestones and it's by matt chandler and adam griffin and there's a podcast that goes along with it and so uh, yeah and it's a fabulous podcast Mm. and it just started in the last year so there's not an overwhelming number of episodes out there so you could start from the beginning which i would highly recommend Mm. because what they talk about is modeling time moments and milestones which is a great um uh, routine for families to fall into. So to, to make sure you're paying attention to how you're modeling your Christian walk, but then um, making the best of all the time that you spend with your kids and then taking every moment captive as a teaching opportunity. And then one of the things they talk about that I hadn't really thought of as family discipleship is celebrating milestones mm. in your family's life and in the lives of your children That's awesome. in special ways and um, have that connect back to their faith um, in a way that is really memorable for them. So anyways, it's a great um, podcast. They talk about these things through the book in the start of the podcast, and then they pick up topics and they go through things that you might be dealing with in your home. I love the, I love that language of milestones. And I've adopted that a lot when I talk about sanctification, life, life, spiritual formation is that we oftentimes think of that. When did you become a Christian? But a lot of times that the answer to that is that there are milestones along the way where our faith deepens along the way. We Absolutely. sometimes you hear like, oh, I, I became a I, I put my faith in Jesus when I was four years old, but then I really heard the gospel. It's like, well, no, no, no. Like you did put your faith in Jesus there. You just had another milestone where your faith deepened. Right. I think those are the sorts of things. And even as adults, we have these milestones where you know, and back in the, these are Ebenezer's, you know, remembrance stones. And so I love that they've adopted that kind of, that, that well, it gives you a better framework and better language for talking about those things so that you're not disconnecting them, but you're, you're building all the way through, which is really cool. And one of their suggestions on time with your kids that was really cool is, is you take the date of their birth like my birthday is april 7th so you take the 7th so the 7th of every month is that child's time special time with one or both of the parents oh, that's cool and so you do that with each of your kids so hopefully they're not born on the same day of the month um but uh, <laughs> or you'd have to come up with something else but i mean just something like that so it gives them a special day to look forward to every single month that they get special time with mom and dad so 
That's pretty awesome. cool. And Marsha is an overachiever, and so she brought a third book. A third book. Well, this is just a fun one. It's really meant for Bible teachers, but it, I can see where I wish I would have had this when my kids were little. It's called the Bible Story Handbook, and it's a resource for teaching 175 of the main stories of the Bible. Oh, cool. And it's by John Walton, who is a big Old Testament scholar, um, and his wife. And what they do is they go through these these um, stories and they give you the proper context for the story, which sometimes we don't always know. Sometimes. And then it gives you some of the interpretational issues with that that you need to be mm. able to walk through because, you know, there's nobody who can ask awkward questions like a child. That's true. And so it kind of gives you a heads up on some of these stories of what some of those awkward questions might be yeah. and how you can properly answer them. So it's really a cool book. I use it a lot in my teaching. Awesome. And wish I'd had it when nice. I was a young parent. Very nice. Very nice. Andrew, what about you books? What do you read? What did you read this year that really caught your attention? Yeah, there's a there's a couple different couple different books, but uh, I'd say one of them is um, Uncomfortable by Brett McCracken was uh, a great book that I read this year kind of um, just dealing with the idea of going to church, not fully liking every aspect of it, but still being committed to it. And um, just the idea of like what's important in a church and being committed to a church. And it was it was really cool to, to kind of hear more about Christian community from someone who is at a local church. Uh, it was from uh, he's at Southlands in Brea. So mm -hmm. it was cool to kind of hear about what that's like at a local church. Um, another book that I really I always come back to this book because it's one of my favorites is uh, The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. Mm. I feel like it's a it's just, it's it's a classic. It's yeah. really it's not a very like thick or de but it's super dense is yeah. how I would describe it of right. where the chapters are only like one or two pages, but it's just there's so much information in all of it. But that book has been really um, very informative and very important in my life. Just kind of reading it and really diving deep into like the meaning of everything mm -hmm. that he's saying in that book. And another book that I guess it, it kind of counts, but um, I really love New Morning Mercies, which is a devotional book yeah. by Paul David Tripp. That's uh that's been very important in my life. It's just a like a one page mm. informational thing, and then the the Bible to back it up. And nice. I think it's a it's just a solid solid book, solid way to start the day. So, that's great. Yeah. That's great. So for me, I was like, I was thinking the books I'm recommending are not Christian books. So, but I've just been reading. There's a couple books that I've been reading. Um, that I read this year. I've used a lot of books this year, but um, one book that I felt like was really helpful for this cultural moment is um, this book by Greg um, Lukianoff and Jonathan Haidt called The Coddling of the American Mind, How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure. Um, and he basically talks about the idea, the, uh, the anti-fragility um, anti culture and victimization culture. And um, what I like about this is I feel like, um, in a lot of ways, the, the evangelical world has pushed back on some of the victim culture hood, but these guys are secular Jews and um, at least Jonathan Haidt is. And, um, but there's, it's interesting how the cultural moment that you have um, new alliances um, culturally. And I thought that this was, this is a really good one. So the coddling of the American mind, Jonathan Haidt wrote another book called the righteous mind, which I think is really helpful if you want to understand why people hate each other so much in politics um, and why we've come to the place where we're at culturally, where people are just on just screaming at each other. So um, Jonathan Haidt is a great author, the coddling of the American mind. We'll have, um, we'll put all these in kind of the show notes and some links to all these things. And then I'm also reading this book. Um, uh, on um, on trauma called The Body Keeps the Score, um, which can be a little dark to read, but it's also about just how your body 
interacts with various experiences you have. And so um, that's been, uh, I think, really helpful. Um, but not, neither of those is like about a book in the Bible, <laughs> thing like that. So, um, so very, very good. In terms of like podcasts, do you guys have any recommendations for podcasts that you enjoy? I really enjoy uh, Theology in the Raw. That's a, a good one. Press that, and Sprinkle. Yeah, exactly. And um, I don't listen to it super regularly, but I'll, I'll go through and look back at different episodes that they've done. And I'm like, oh, that seems really interesting. And I'll just kind of nitpick my way through which ones I think are. Yeah, there there are a few that I, it's a lot. There's a lot. So if yeah. you if you get to that podcast, don't go back to the beginning. Like pretty much just pick it up at the beginning of the year maybe, and you'll just see kind of where they're at. But um, but Preston has been um, has said done a lot of good work on especially evangelical like a traditional biblical sexual ethic in a world with LGBTQ, um, and so he is a traditional biblical sexual ethic. Um, I thought he had a really good review. If you read, if you listened to his, um, he had a good review of the um, "What Is a Woman" movie that was put out, which I th- thought was really interesting. Um, and so that, that might be a good place to start. Where would you start on theology in the raw? Yeah, I don't remember the exact episodes <laughs> that I started on, but I mean, I haven't listened to that one yet. So I'll have to go take a yeah, listen to that's, that. I, that's a great one. So what about you, Marsha? Any podcasts that you're listening to? Well, my ultimate favorite right now is called knowing faith. Hmm? Um, it's put out, uh, well, it's uh, Jen Wilkin and a couple of guys, <laughs> Jen Wilkin's one of my favorite Bible teachers. Yeah. Anyways, um, it's been going on for a little while now, but again, they kind of follow through books of the Bible or different themes. So it's a good one to start at the beginning, Yeah. but it's a lot of fun. And then there's a new one out called, uh, uh back porch theology by oh, Lisa yeah. Harper. Okay. And it's really accessible. Mostly, I think mostly women would enjoy it but it's um lisa harper is going through her doctorate right now nice. so she's a lot deeper in her theology than she used to be earlier in her career and but it's just really conversational mm. over really great topics and passages of the bible it's it's really good that's the cool thing about podcasts is rather than getting a lecture or something like that you get a conversation yes. like i could i could stand up at our congregational meeting and tell you hey here's some highlights from the last year but it's nice to have it around the table yeah. But or to talk theology, it's always nice to get a little softer approach mm-hmm. to to that. So for me, I think one I found this year that I really like, um, it's called the Pour Over Podcast, and it's news um, without a kind of a um, a bi- necessarily a bias, but from a Christian perspective. So they'll give a news story, and then they'll give some kind just like hey. What do we do when our leaders fail us, or what do we do? Like, what do we what do we put our hope in? So the pour over podcast. It's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. There's a new one that comes out, and so I like that one. I think also, um, uh, I also theology in the raw is a great one as well. And um, I got a number that are in my um, that are in my thing. But um, uh, if you like military theme podcasts, I'll listen to the Jocko podcast. Um, he goes really long form, but he's had some really good, um, discussions with a lot of veterans, um, and a lot of veterans that are doing cool things these days. Um, he just had one recently with a guy that was running for Congress in Maine that I thought was really, really interesting. And, um, so anyway, the Jocko podcast, um, good times. Um, yeah. Any other podcasts that you guys, that you guys have? I've always enjoyed uh, Think Biblically. It's a podcast put mm-hmm. out by uh, Biola's Talbot School of Theology. That's right. and, uh, it's with uh, Sean McDowell and Scott Ray. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always enjoyed that because they're taking a biblical approach to a lot of secular issues that are going on. Yeah. And 
I'm also very excited because I'm going to have Scott Ray as one of my professors yeah, next awesome. semester. So Scott's it'll be awesome. cool to, to yeah. have him after listening to his podcast for the yeah. past couple of years. Here's one. If you just, if you, if you don't have, if you want to just do one, I think one that I would recommend that I will always recommend um, is called this cultural moment uh, with John Mark Comer and um, uh, Mark, A- Mark Sayers. And um, I think it even happened. It was pre COVID and COVID but they just talk about where we're at in culture and um, you could binge it. You could get through it. Uh, They don't have any new ones that are coming out, but I think they recorded them. Like I said, 2019, 2020. Um, But they are um, really thoughtful guys. I know that John Mark Comer has a practicing the way podcast, and that's a good one as well. I know my kids listen to that. I haven't listened to all of those, but my kids, they love that one. So um, anyway, that's that. I think as we've kind of finished this out, um, as we land the plane, so to speak, um, this has been awesome. It's been great to minister with you guys. I think one of the things that I always want to learn from is just best practices, things that you guys have done this year. Like, I guess the question would be like, what do you think is the best thing you've done either for your spiritual life or for yourself this year that even as our people are listening to this, like something that that can be replicated, but what's, what do you think is maybe one of the best practices that you've had on this last year. I think this kind of ties to, to the book that I chose to, but with new morning mercies, um, I think just having a consistent spiritual life or like a consistent time spending with the Lord every single day, it's been very important for me of where the times I do that, I'm, I'm just doing so much better than the times that I'm mm. not. And, um, but it's been a, it's been a unique challenge for me since it's like the first time I'm doing anything ministry related that I'm, I'm still, I'm reading my Bible and I'm doing the deep dives in scripture for preparing a lesson. But then on top of that, it's important to find my own quiet time with the Lord. And so New Morning Mercies is a good way that I've been able to, to kind of balance those things out. But it's been, it's been a different um, approach this year than it has been in other years since I'm, it's not like I'm not studying scripture, but I'm not necessarily doing it um, for my own spiritual growth always. And so it's, it's cool to be able to still spend time. And, um, even if new morning mercy is only like one page a day, it's still great to spend just a little bit of time. That is one of the challenges as you start teaching more is when you come to scripture, it's hard to turn off that like, Oh, how can I, how can I use this? And you don't always want to do that. When you come to scripture, you want to say, what is, how can this, how can this be part of my soul today? Not how can I use this? You know, you don't want to just come pragmatically to script. You want to come what does God have for me today? So that's a great, great practice. It's great to have that. Yeah. And I, I totally am struggling with the same thing. I mean, I, um, I am teaching women, I'm teaching children, I'm doing school. Um, and so I'm constantly in the word, but constantly not for necessarily personal consumption. So, um, and, and I, I have that book, New Mercies. I need to get back to that. <laughs> so thank you for reminding me of that. Um, so I don't have a regular daily habit at this point. I need to work on that. But one of the things I've been trying to do more lately is um, get myself off of um, point once in a while. So I follow my curiosity mm. or follow the leading of the spirit. So I'll learn something. I'll learn what I needed to for that, but then something will prick my curiosity and I'll just keep going. That's right. And so that's the part that I'm kind of um, holding on to for myself at this point. I think that urge has gotten stronger since I went to Israel. Mm. And so different things are 
different questions are coming up. And you know, as a teacher, that's one of the best things is to be able to come up with um, how to approach scripture and ask the right questions. Yeah. And so I allow myself to ask questions that don't necessarily relate to what I'm working on and just follow that for a little while. That's awesome. Sometimes it's an hour down the line yeah. when I finally realize what yeah. I'm doing and go, oh, I should get back to what yeah. I was doing. But um, that is very personally enriching for me. That's awesome. I, I, I will cool. oftentimes tell students like, the, the best thing that can happen to you in this class is that you fail the class, but you get interested in the subject. Absolutely. Like you just start following rabbit trails that just interest you because I don't, we, the world doesn't need more students. They need more learners, right? Like, and so our system really help. It makes students, people who know how to do the least amount of work to get the grade they need, right? Yeah. But going down those rabbit trails and the curiosity, that's what's going to carry you through a lifetime of learning. So follow that curiosity. It seems that the Holy Spirit can at times be in our curiosity. So so do that. I think for me, I um, one of the best practices last year, I started a um, like a kind of a, a prompted wellness journal. I took like you ever hear those Kairos the or the there's journals that but they just have prompts every day. So I just have yeah. a number of things like I what time I wake up, how much I weigh. You know, I just walk through how much sleep I got. I started tracking my sleep. Hmm. Um, but one of the most helpful things that I've done and added to my wellness journal um is I bought a wheel of emotions um, and um, I bought like three of them. They're like refrigerator magnets, That's cool. but it basically just tells you like when something happens, like what are the feelings that are coming out of that and just do articulate them. And so um, just writing it things down. Like when I wake up, how am I, what am I feeling like today? And we all know that things go up and down and around and um, we operate. I think it's just important to understand how we're operating and what we're doing. So that's been helpful for me, really helpful as I think about my own spirituality, my life with the Lord, as I think about the Psalms. And, and that's always been an important part. So, um, yeah, that's been a good that's been a good thing. Um, any final thoughts, themes of the year from just. What has been something that got impressed on you this year? I've got one thing that I feel like has been a thematic thing for me throughout the year, but what do you guys feel like has been something that God has really impressed on you this last year? I think uh, this kind of goes with Isaiah 53 has been very just influential for this past year for me of where I used it um, a number of times while teaching, but um, just the idea that we, we were bought with a price of where Isaiah 53 talks about that by his wounds, we are healed of where it wasn't cheap for, for God to, to buy us and um, for him to just take care of us. And so I think that's been really cool for me to see of where it's showing. And out of that goes the idea that God really does deeply care for us and he wants what's best for us. He's not just there to to discipline us when we're doing things wrong, but he, he loves us. And that's why those things happen. And um, just kind of all flowing out of the idea that, that God truly does care for us and that we were bought with a price. Nice, nice. Well, in this busy time for me, I think, um, and I shared this a little bit at the elder staff Christmas party, is um, I always have to be thinking when I'm serving or when I'm working um, that it's for the Lord. And um, I, I can get so caught up in performance and um, um, how other people see me that um, sometimes I get lost in that. And so I have to just keep, every time I feel frantic and busy and... Um, like I'm losing track of what's going on, I have to stop myself and say, no, 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 no. Just do what you can do and do what you feel like God is calling you to do in this moment. Mm. And so that's kind of my mantra lately. 
That's good. That's good. For me, I think um, the, our Ephesians, um, working through the book of Ephesians this last year was really meaningful to me. But one of the things that really stood out is um, when Paul is talking to his primarily Gentile audience, he talks about when Christ came, he came to preach peace to those who were to, who were near and to those who are far off. And um, that I have on my computer screen, um, it says that they were without hope and without God in the world. And to me, it's just been one of these things of all year long. And just once you see that theme in Scripture, it's like it's everywhere. And um, I think that's sometimes that's the way it works. But I think this idea of that God has a heart for those who are far off. And um, yeah, I'm just curious to see how the God's going to work that out in the context of our of our body and our city and in my own life. And um, yeah, that's been kind of a thematic uh, trace for me. So, well, guys, thanks so much for taking time. Thanks for you who are listening. If you made it this far, way to go. <laughs> Bonus points in your Bible. If I had a gold star, I'd put it right on your Bible. No, I'm... <laughs> Um, this is, it's been fun to just kind of share these things and highlights and just from the, the year 2022, we're going to put it to bed this week and, um, we're going to be looking now to the future and, uh, now thinking about what is God doing as we move forward. But it's been, it's always a good thing to take a look back, see how God has been active and now to, to move forward. So thanks guys so much for being part of this and um, thanks it was fun yeah thanks for having us very great cool. and uh we'll be um we'll have the links for all these things that are in the show notes and um yeah we uh we look forward to seeing you guys on new year's day hmm. which is a sunday and so we'll Whoops. we'll see yeah. you in 2023